What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week 13 of Campus to Caching. I am quite proud of myself lasted the full season and didn't make a, didn't say it incorrectly, the title. So <laughs> good job, Chris. We're in the final week of the regular season here, talking DraftKings Saturday main slate. This is a fun week. Uh, it's kind of like a, a fun, awful week for people like Ethan and myself. Lots of games, which is great. Uh, incredible matchups, rivalries, but also tons and tons of content. So uh, we're, we're keeping up and we're surviving. What a way to, to cap it all off. But Ethan, are you, uh, I guess, what's your take on rivalry week? Because you get Penn State, Michigan State. Best I know that's kind of a wrong, but that's, that's, that doesn't feel like, is that a big rivalry for you in Penn State? Not really. I mean, it's, I don't know. It feels good to win it, but I, I would say that it's a little bit better than say like a win against Rutgers or anything like that. But like, it's not something that, will uh get me super hyped up i will say uh it was probably about three years ago that one snow game that got delayed in michigan state uh came out and beat us and it was a pretty good year for us and really took the wind out of our sails but uh since then you know i do it, it always does feel better to win against michigan state because you know it's it's just getting it back but makes sense uh, Lame Grand Trophy, obviously the best trophy in college football. I'll, I'll, I'll love it. Well, that's the thing with the Big Ten. It's like the Big Ten has just been like, you know what? Everything's a rivalry game. Everybody yep. gets a trophy. It's only going to get worse with the Pac-12 teams coming in. Yeah, you know, I can't wait to see what like Oregon Duck versus the uh, Penn State Nittany Lion trophy is going to look like. Oh, but uh, and, and soon we'll get that in due time. Uh, last slate of the regular season, as I've mentioned, Yep. Tons of options. Uh, we get Jaden Daniels, which is always awesome. But then we also have a ton of cheap guys. So I think we're going to have uh, some really nice flexibility on the slate. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that. you know, usually 11000 for Jaden Daniels. That feels like a, a lot of money, you know, mid-season. How do you pay up that way? Like, to me, it's like almost like how do you not use yeah. Jaden Daniels? Like, it's very blatantly obvious what LSU is doing. And that is pushing for his Heisman campaign. Yeah. Um, it also helps that he's just playing incredible. He also has a good matchup against AM. And I think the spread is something like 10 or 11 points. Yeah. Not that that matters. LSU yeah, was being irrelevant. Yeah. LSU is just honestly, it's kind of a dick move to <laughs> just keep passing like that. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a team score like 50 something points and run it like 12 times or whatever yeah. it was. But is, is that kind of your same take on Jaden Daniels and the situation or the slate? I think so. And I mean, LSU, they they do get a little bit of grace in my book for the way that they uh, ran up the score last week, mainly because Georgia State kept it competitive early on and they actually put points up. Um, but they really clamped down on it and just continued to, you know, show no mercy on there. But I'm, I'm a little bit curious about, you know, percent owned and my what kind of exposure I'm, I'm healthy on. If I'm doing 20 lineups in, in the 20 max. You know, I don't think that I can, in good faith, run out any more than maybe fifty percent, Jaden Daniels. But um, it'll it'll be interesting. I I think I'm probably going to be lower on him in the field. Um, Eleven thousand is still a lot when considering. You know, it doesn't take much for a dud matchup to hurt your value. Um, but from a raw points perspective, he has the most upside out of any quarterback, any player on the slate, really. So, yeah, looking at just like the projections of 
all the different quarterbacks. He is my number one by six points, five and a half points, something like yeah, that. So that's fair. You know, he's a he's pretty high up there. And honestly, I think he kind of kicks out Michael Penix from conversation. Um, yeah. I, you know, Penix has been a little underwhelming when you're a just a straight runner like he or I'm sorry, a straight passer like Penix is like, yeah, you have to really be going crazy through the air. And that's just not the case recently. Yeah. Uh, is he in your player pool or are you out on him? He is. So we're recording this on Wednesday. He's in my early consideration uh, for my player pool. Um, I really think it's going to be interesting come the end of this week. Rivalry rivalry week is always something that's really um, in the back of my head uh, with these matchups on, you know, who, what teams are going to get up for this game, regardless of what they've done earlier in the season. I feel like the Apple Cup is one that Washington State always gets up for, and they're always ready to try and take down Washington. So um, I think that more than the price is what is weighing on my mind with Penix is, you know, do we get a Washington State defense that shows up this week? Um, I still think Penix can deliver, and who knows? I think that probably has a better shot at a shootout than the LSU-Texas uh, A&M game. But like you mentioned earlier, it doesn't need to be a shootout for Jaden Daniels to uh, you know put up 50 on somebody. Yeah, and one thing to note is that Washington State needs to win to get bowl eligible. Yep. Um, so, you know, that that's on top of it, right? Like, I think you're dead on. I think Washington State always, whether that's true or not, it always feels like they are pushing Washington and uh, on the verge of an upset whenever they are the underdog in the, in the yeah. game. But uh, so the quarterback that is number two in my projections is, I mean, of course it's John Rice Plumley. I mean, if we're going to do it one last yeah. time, I, I hope that he finds another year of eligibility, but I don't know <laughs> if it's possible. Yeah. Um, so Plumley is my number two projected guy and he's very close to probably my top quarterback owned yeah. uh, sitting there at 8,200. He seems like he's a lot healthier. Like his his legs, he's using more. I yeah. think it's like twelve or thirteen carries in the last three. You know, they kind of had that brace on him when he came back from injury, and he, he kind of seems like he's a lot healthier. Are you taking him the same way in terms of like he looks healthy? He's a good play. He's up there, and you're one of your higher owned quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know I was hesitant the first few weeks that he was back, but it really does seem like they've kind of taken the training wheels off and the any restrictions that they may have had. And um, the fact that this is likely his last uh, home game, his last game there at the bounce house is going to be, um, I think a little extra boost for him. Um, it's always funny to me when we're looking at senior day games and, and stuff like that, uh, how blatant coaches are, especially when they're not playing for anything, when they're out of contention, uh, I just peppering um, their seniors with, with volume. Um, and so I think Plumley has a good shot here uh, to really have a big day, especially on the ground. Um, you know, it's it's balls to the wall, as they say. He uh, he should get full run and full ability to uh, to show off what he can do on his le- with his legs. So I'm fully in there. Um, you know, it's we always talk about Donovan Smith and this Houston team. They always have a sh- the shot for a shootout. Um, whether or not they uh, they come to play is going to be interesting, but. I think UCF is one of the uh, definitely one of the more tantalizing uh, passing attacks to take this week. 
Yeah. So I've, I've rattled off some guys that I considered not considering. I'll let you kind of take the stage, Ethan. Who's the guy that's intrigues you or is going to be higher or lower um, for your ownership versus the field, do you think? You know, I, I'm a little bit of a broken record on this with uh, Cam Ward, but he has really impressed me uh, this season. He's put up some duds for sure. Um, but three out of the last four games, he's put up over 33 fantasy points. Um, those games are against Arizona State, Cal, and Colorado. So definitely not the uh, cream of the crop there. Um, against UCLA, Arizona, and Stanford, he is under nine points in all of those games. So it's definitely a tale of two wards. Um, but I'm I'm in on him. Uh, 8,800, it's, I, I wish he was a little bit cheaper. I wish he was down in that you know, plumly Donovan Smith range, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, I, I like him. And I think the other guy that I'll toss out here is going to be Joe Milton against Vanderbilt. Uh, it seems like the kind of matchup that, uh, Milton and squirrel can show their athleticism. I know they've struggled since sec play has, uh, has begun, but this Vanderbilt team, though they are improved from where they've been in the past, um, is still probably closer to, you know, that West Virginia UTSA tier than, say, their Georgia tier. Uh, so I think Milton and, and Squirrel White are an interesting stack this week, um, especially with Thornton uh, out for the year. Um, a nice speedy option for uh, for Milton to capitalize with that athleticism, I think, is a, a good play at 7,500. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in on Squirrel. Um He seems to be really getting peppered. He seems to be almost the one that's benefiting the most from the Thornton injury, but we can we'll get into that because I think there's a some interesting. uh, I think Chaz Nimrod is appealing because of price, but uh, I'm going to go against what you probably think is going to happen and be pro, or I should say, like on par with what you think. Cam Ward, not a guy I'm all that interested in. Yeah, Uh, I do see the high risk, high reward here. Price is a little steep, but you know, I'm just when you're not a fan of a guy and there is that kind of boom or bust, it, you kind of just lean elsewhere. Joe Milton, I'm not really on. You know, the the okay. wild thing is like what you know, what are they I don't know how they did everything this year. His numbers don't look that bad. They look pretty solid, but for some reason he's just really not been a fantasy asset. Yeah. I think Tennessee personally goes a little bit more run heavy yeah, and yeah. ends up yeah. getting those points on the ground. That's uh, fair. I am curious to see the projections do like him. My projections do like him, but I will probably dock him on the slate because of some, unbi- some rare unbiased opinions on the matter. That's, um, that's fair. I do think it's interesting though. I think Vanderbilt is good enough now that they can score on them. Uh, which they is why... a little bit now. Yeah. So like, I feel, I feel like they can at least push them to, to have a lot of possessions with first team and have a lot of possessions in general um, and a lot of opportunity for Milton. Um, but I mean, I, I envision a scenario where Milton, you know, can put up, let's say 28 to 32 points. Uh, and that's at 70, what is it? 7,500. I said, yeah. yeah. Um, and then say Jaden Daniels, you know, only gets 38 points or something like that, which is, still a good day um and if you eliminate the past two weeks is kind of on par for what he did um I, I don't know i think it's interesting um 
it, it's always fun when we get a super high price option like Daniels out there because he can play a really great game and still you can find leverage with value and you know your fantasy points per dollar uh, when you're when you're making lineups out here. So I think that's a, a really interesting thing to keep in mind for this week. Yeah, uh, I think for like my boomer bus guy to kind of like counter like the Cam Ward option for you would be Jalen Milrow for me. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think Auburn, you know, they just looked awful, right? Uh, it's so bad. It was like, how, what happened? You know, like yeah. they're not this bad, but like what happened? I don't think we see that again. I think we see a little bit tighter of a game. And, you know, Jalen Milrow has been insane uh, the last like month. Right, he has a forty-one yeah, really and a fifty-one point game in recent weeks. Right, um, nice to see it happen against Kentucky, but LSU that makes sense, right? Like he was running like crazy. I think Milrow would be the boomer bust option that I would uh, target here in the yeah. rivalry uh, match. Well, the the bigger rivalry matchup, I should say. That's um, but my number one quarterback. I'm curious to see how surprised you are with this one. My what seemingly is the guy that I'll have the most ownership on as of midday Wednesday is Bryson Barnes. Does that shock you at all? Um, no, it doesn't. You know, I was really interested in him. I also, uh, you know, I hear uh, Cam Rising has officially announced he'll be back next year. So that's that's a fun little side note. But um, I mean, Colorado obviously has really dropped off. We we said it from the get go that their depth would be the, the end of them. And, you know, it's definitely shine through um i'm interested to see how much um you know we'll get in terms of passing from barnes i do think you know he's got some some good rushing potential um against uh you know a leaky defense um so i'm, I'm really interested to see how that shakes out but I don't think Utah's going to have any problem moving the ball. I think they're a uh, decent enough offense that they can really capitalize on, um, you know, some athletic uh, mismatches uh, with a, a Colorado defense that a doesn't have a lot to play for at the end of this year, and, and b is just not deep enough to keep pace. I think. Yeah, Colorado's defense has seemingly been the one that you really just targeted in the second half of the for season. Sure. Um, Barnes for me, it, it, he's really started to look better, but then he's being used more. Yeah, you know, basically, uh, you know, the Arizona game. I don't see this. I'm not going to bring it up. Right, 53 attempts, <laughs> but it was they were playing from behind from like literally minute three. So yeah. I don't know if you could take those attempts into play. So basically, the three before that, uh, 28, 29, and 30 attempts. It's a healthy six, workload. Yeah, six, seven, nine uh, rushing attempts, and he's pretty good on the ground. Like you know, he's a little bit more like Bo Nix was last year where it's like you get like six to nine carries, but he's going to run yeah. for like six to eight yards per carry type of thing. So you got to be I'm not worried. You're going to catch those pigs on the farm, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he gets sacked, which is helpful. And I think yeah. this is a, you know, ultimately I think the run game is just pretty weak. Like Jaquindon yeah. Jackson doesn't appeal to me. And I, you know, there's some guys banged up and then if it's not him, it's a defensive sure. back that's going to get carries and then Jalen Glover. So yeah. I'm just thinking, man, if they're going to score what Vegas thinks, then it's got to be a mixture of Barnes in there. And then 7,100 is, is really appealing. Yeah. Is there a, is there a different cheap option that you like at quarterback? Um, There was, let me, let me hop back over here. Um, I am interested in whichever BYU quarterback shows up, whether that's Keaton Slovis or Jake Ratzlaff. Um, I think that, 
Oklahoma State, you know, they've been up and down the past few weeks, um, particularly, it, you know, coming off that big high against uh, Oklahoma. Um, but I think that we're going to get a little bit more of a shootout than we uh, may have originally thought in this game. Um, and I think that uh, BYU has, you know, enough options outside um, that if they can kind of get things going early, uh, they definitely have the opportunity to stick in this one and, and be a thorn in their side. Um, so I'm I'm in on uh, on that BYU quarterback spot this week. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Rhett's left because I just think yeah. he brings more upside and a little bit higher for it. You know, I how do you? I don't know. I've seen enough from him. I think how would you ever start? Red Slo- uh, Slovis so over him in the final game of the season, right? Like, to me, I don't know yeah. where the benefit to that is, but it is possible. You never, you know, especially at BYU, I feel like we never get anything right with BYU. But uh, I am in on um, Red Slav. I don't know if I'd be in on Slovis as much because he's just straight throwing. But it, That's to, your, to your point, the offense just looks better. And yeah. they just seem to be moving the ball better, and they seem to be healthier at receiver so that would help Slovis in the passing attack because uh, yeah. he'd be and better I, throwing football. I'm not as convinced that they don't play Slovis as you are because I, I do think that there's a lot of validity in playing the guy who transferred in as a sign of goodwill towards future transfers who transfer in. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, I get that football should be the meritocracy and and especially as fantasy players, we – we uh, we look for the guys who perform the best to get the ball the, the most. But, you know, what all does BYU really have to lose with going to, to Ritzlaff? And really the only thing I can think of is, you know, potential goodwill towards transfers coming in. And, you know, that they are a, a team that really has hit the portal hard in the past few years. So, Which is interesting. You know, like, why, why I don't know, why is that such a hot place to go transfer to but they've gotten a lot of transfers yeah uh i feel like every receiver is a transfer every running back every year is a transfer um all right so i'm gonna give one weird play ethan i'll give you a second to compile your thoughts on your weird play okay i am gonna show a little bias here if he's healthy he was in a boot early on i see the smirk in ethan's face he knows where this is going i think you could do worse than peyton thorne at quarterback at 6400 uh, reason being is that uh, he's the full-on quarterback, right? He's getting all the, the carries. He doesn't yeah. have to worry about Robbie Ashford anymore. He's basically 30 to 50 rushing yards a game. Um, I mean, if you looked at the Georgia game in week five, they rotated in Robbie Ashford a decent bit. He yeah. still had 12 carries for 92 yards against Georgia. So the problem here is that, you know, the team total is probably in the teens, uh, good game script, though. If they get around the goal line, he'll have a decent shot at scoring. And ultimately, you know, I didn't love Retzlaff last week, but it ended up working out because they scored 24. They moved the ball fairly well, and he was so cheap, right? He found the end zone. Yeah. I think Thorne could could get into the 20s. Uh, this game is always weird, you know. this. I don't think it'll be that close, but yeah. I do think that there's a shot that, you know, this is a 28-21 type and – and Thorne is going to have his hand in, in the in the touchdown. So that's fair. That's that's my weird one. What do you think, Ethan? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Um, that, at that price point, you know, there's not a whole lot of better options. Part of me thought about Grayson Loftus just a little bit, but I, I don't think that he's going to have enough volume, and Pitt likes to be real slow on it. 
Um, but we have seen an uptick in his uh, usage, and it seems like he's getting more comfortable as a quarterback there for Duke. Um, Max Johnson, though, at 6,500, if he is uh, healthy and good to go um, for this LSU game, I think that there's a great potential for him. I believe Evan Stewart is healthy, uh, finally. Um, you know, you've got a nice Smith who is uh, a shifty and, and a, a player who gets those underneath targets who you can really rely on to try and make something big. LSU's defense hasn't had to play great. So, you know, they're, they've been kind of average uh, so far this year. So I think uh, Max Johnson, you know, if I'm trying to find somebody that, that low, um, Johnson, I, you know, I don't hate Peyton Thorne either. Like I think Peyton Thorne is a, a decent option for the price as well. I wonder is it, I think Max Johnson's currently questionable uh, or day to day or probable or whatever, right? Yeah. Would you if you knew Jalen Henderson was starting, would you rather him? You know, uh I don't mind it. Um I feel a little bit I feel like that's a little bit riskier just with the fact that, you know, I don't think they'd be throwing the ball as much with Henderson in there. Um, he does have a little bit of upside with uh, his mobility and being able to, uh, you know, not just be a statue back there. But I feel like there's enough tape on him and there's enough um, a- enough to know that a team like LSU has the athletes that could really get after him. And I, the, the risk of just really bad game script for him is very possible. I, I feel like anytime you play an inexperienced quarterback um, in a big game, a big matchup like that, uh, you're running the risk of uh, negative points from sacks and interceptions that can really uh, hamper your day. Yeah. I will note, I appreciate you bringing up AM because I do really like Henderson, but I do see there's some, some risk there. I, I All those guys in that area have some risk. Uh, moving to a running sure. back. Is it even worth spending time on Ollie Gordon? Should we just say like fire Ollie Go- no, Gordon? No, yeah, lock, Gordon, lock it in, do man. it. Yeah, play <laughs> him in a, as comfortable as you want amount. I think, yeah, me personally, fifty percent is totally fine. I yeah. mean, the guy's incredible. He bounced back like you wanted him. We wanted him to. Yeah, and uh, has a nice matchup. Uh, you know, so I don't know if Sawchuck can run for a hundred. I don't know why Gordon couldn't. Right? And yeah, Bowman's right? not a touchdown guy by any means. So. Big Gordon fan, but so besides Gordon, who's the maybe your top running back? Yeah, I, I know I'm playing a lot of Ollie Gordon against uh, going against Ollie Gordon in a lot of uh, playoff matchups, championship game matchups this week. So I'll probably hedge quite a bit on my DFS to uh, make sure I get the benefit there in case I get <laughs> walloped in the championship game. But um, you know, other guys I like, I do like RJ Harvey, um, who is let's see, 7,200 this week. Um, he is really just step things up this year. Um, and I've been very impressed. I think he's got, you know, 30 point upside, um, at 7,200, which is the nice, uh, nearly 2000, uh, savings from Ollie Gordon. Um, Jawar Jordan, I don't have any problem with firing him off as well. Um, those are probably the two guys I like the most, uh, out of those top guys. I, I kind of like Travion this week. Um, mainly because I feel, um, I feel like it's it's the uh, the principle we talk about a lot is you know if Ohio State's going to keep this close and stay in it like we assume they have the opportunity to, 
who's going to, who's going to step up. And, you know, I think Michigan is going to do a really good job of trying to take away Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, so I think Henderson has to be the guy to make big plays and, and turn something on because we know that, you know, McCord doesn't have the, uh, the skill, I don't think to keep up with Michigan downfield. Yeah. I don't mind the Henderson thought just because I think the low ownership and ultimately Ohio state and Michigan, as much as the Ohio state's gone a little bit more fancy or nuanced offense, you still have to run the ball. I want to say like the the stats crazy. It's like 20 straight years of whoever ends with the most rushing yards has won the game or something like that. Um, Don't quote me on that, but it's something to that effect. Jawar Jordan's, I think RJ Harvey to echo great play, like eight touchdowns in his last three and didn't, wasn't Alec Gordon against uh, Houston last week, and we saw what happened, right? Like, huge game. Yeah. I don't know why Harvey wouldn't be able to, to do something Houston. similar. Yeah. Jawar Jordan, what's the deal with him? I can't figure it out. I didn't watch the game against Miami, but was the limited usage in the second half because of an injury? Did he ding himself back up? Do you think they just were like, hey, we, we have this, and we need to get ready for Florida State? Because I think he's an incredible tournament play just because of likely low ownership and his huge play potential. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is that maybe he got, he got banged up a little bit more. Um, I mean, Gorindo was, you know, great in his, uh, his absence. So it's interesting with the two of them. It definitely seems like Jordan is the more um, explosive and not necessarily a volume back, um, but he's just so efficient with all of, all of the touches he gets. Um, Gorindo, you know, I, I think that if you're playing Jordan, you got to anticipate Gorindo getting, uh, maybe even vulturing a touchdown, but getting, you know, a, a fair deal of carries as well. Um, but both of those guys have the ability to put up great days. Um, and especially if one of them does get banged up or, or out of that rotation, they're, you know, well in play for me. So the guy that I, I like the most uh, besides Ollie Gordon is uh, either it's between RJ Harvey and Dylan Johnson, the Washington running back. Really? Okay. I like Dylan Johnson. I think his usage is going to be really high. Yeah. Uh, the game script is perfect. They score low forties. Sure. Yeah. This is that perfect two touchdown favorite type of land that is great for running backs. Yeah. And I don't know, to me, it's like, there's not really a guy that's going to get in the way of his usage and how he'll perform. Yeah, so I love Dylan Johnson. I'm gonna pull his his info up. Uh, walking boot, never great, but you yeah. look at some of these previous games. Utah is a great opponent. He had 23 for 104 and a touchdown. Yeah. USC awful opponent, which was 250 yards and four touchdowns. So I don't know. I really like him, and assuming his health is not an issue, I think he's a really good player. That's fair. I'm a little scared off just health wise with uh, Johnson. I think that's mainly the reason why I'm. You know, a little iffy, um, but you know, it, you're you're right in targeting. You know, those two touchdown favorite running backs are definitely a sweet spot, and, and great opportunity usually follows with that. Um, what do you think about the Arizona running backs? I really like Jonah Coleman at 5,300 this week. Um, I'm even a little bit tempted with uh, Michael Wiley at 4,500. Um, Wiley hasn't been getting a whole lot of volume on the ground. He got five receptions last week, though, um, and took two of them to uh, to the house. So put up a big game against Utah. I don't think they'll be 
passing as much to their running backs this week because I think Utah is kind of a different beast on defense than Arizona State for sure. Um, but cheap guys with, I think, you know, as high of upside as nearly anyone, at least in the, the middle tier and the lower tier. But uh, what's your take on that split? And, and are you going to be playing any of those guys? I think I'm more inclined to roll with Coleman than Wiley, but I probably won't have much of either. Ultimately, I think there's a lot of different options here that are interesting to me. Actually, yeah. Coleman looks like a guy that'll have a maybe team percentage. So, uh, just from looking at quick ownership rates that I've played around with, I do think his usage is good enough. Um, it looks like his passing game usage has gone down since he's become become that lead back. You just wonder maybe that is he going to get that touchdown equity? I like him. Um, there's uh, the the interest running back seems interesting to me where it's like there's a couple guys at the very top and then a bunch of random guys around forty five to fifty five hundred. He's one of the, he's one of those guys in the mix with like. Logan Diggs and LJ Johnson, um, Jalen Wright, all those guys kind of have that same type of appeal to me. Yeah. We've just got such great options cheap this week that it's, it's hard to uh, hit that middle tier. Um, I, I am, was shocked when I opened things up and saw how many guys are, you know, sub 500 that or sub 5,000 that seem like, you know, just quality plays that probably should have been pressed up a little bit more. Yeah, we we would not have gotten this pricing with these guys last week. Like seriously, yeah. Uh, one guy I'll call out that I have a early runs a good bit of is Aiden Robbins from BYU. We've talked about it already. You know, if Keaton Slovis is the quarterback, that only helps him, I think, right? Because Slovis yeah. isn't running any touchdowns in. Totally. Um, so, but he got a bunch of carries. Looked really good uh, against Oklahoma at that forty one hundred price. I don't see how you you couldn't consider that a good bit. Uh, and like I said, LJ Johnson, you know, it seemed that what an interesting situation with the running backs. They kind of were like Miami, which is funny because I think a couple of their running backs are from Miami. Yeah. Uh, players, at least. He kind of seemed like the number one running back, got banged up, maybe had an off field issue. But more yeah. recently, he's gained a ton of confidence from the staff per Absolutely. like some quotes. And his usage has been up there. I think that's a great play uh, against Navy, which they should have a little bit of the size advantage and uh, obviously, or I believe they're, they have to be favorites. Right. And so I think that's a good game script for them as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I am really drawn into this, you know, 4,500 range. Um, I'm going to toss out two guys. And if you want to toss out, you know, two more guys that are cheap or or another guy who's cheap. Um, I'm looking at, uh, I'm not even going to, attempt to announce the first name but schlin baker on uh on washington state uh had a really nice game against cal um i believe he was banged up against colorado i'm interested in kind of what your take is on uh on on him this week it feels like last week they kind of leaned on lincoln victor as the almost like the uh the gadget running back instead of schlin baker um but at 4500 it seems like a decent option i think that washington is a good enough defense that they could force some of the the check downs for ward um you know ward's gonna take them because he doesn't have that deep ball as as uh, as you like to point out um so i think that's an interesting guy uh, out of the backfield and then i know it's a horrible matchup um but rodney hammond at 4500 
after getting the past three weeks, 13, 12, and 15 attempts on the ground. Um, it seems like maybe Narduzzi is uh, back in on Hammond a little bit. Um, but at 4,500, I think Hammond is a guy who has the potential for 100 yards, um, even in a tough matchup against Duke. I mean, what else is Pitt going to do? They don't really seem to have a quarterback that can help them out. Um, so it seems like they're just going to try and slow that game down and really lean on Hammond this week. I think of those options I'd like Hammond the most. I'm totally out on Washington State running backs just between like their usage has been weird. They haven't really been all that great. Yeah. Uh, it seems a little unreliable. So I think I would rather Hammond. Um, I wonder how much I'll even really need though, considering like Robbins. Totally fair. Yeah. It, you know, and all these other receiver options that are super cheap. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's a way to kind of, and Coleman is not far. And I even would like, I think I would definitely take Michael Wiley over those options. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not Hammond, just depends. Um, but, you know, you do have to expand the player pool a little bit, find some guys to have a sprinkle of. I can't imagine you're throwing like a ton of, of lineups in with these no. guys. But yeah, maybe, I, maybe one with a 20, 20 lineup build. Yeah, I think there's some some good ways to get a little bit different there. Receiver, we have yeah. uh, a plethora of options. Um, where do you want to start? I'll let you kind of lead the way here. Let's see. Um, let's go. Let's go. UCF receivers. Let's not start at the top here. Um, I have been on Javon Baker quite a bit this year. Um, he's only six thousand this week. I feel like he's just such a solid option to break a big one. Um, he has, um, let's see, looks like five or six games where he has gone over 40 yards on a, a reception at least once. Um, has really, a, I think, a little bit more of a solid floor than I would give him credit for, just in terms of what I think about when I think about Javon Baker. I think of Boomer Bust. Um, but very few times this year has he really put up a dud. Um, that Kansas State game and Kent State at the very beginning of the year, really the only time he hasn't hit double digits and, and done something. Um, you know, at 6,000, you're asking for maybe 18 fantasy points to really consider that a hit. Um, I think that's well in play for him against a, uh, a leaky Houston defense. Um, but then we have some some value there with uh, Kobe Hudson at uh, 5,200 and even Xavier Townsend at 4,700. I don't mind uh, if you want to get a little weird. Of the I, – I think the UCF receiver group is a, is a solid one as a whole. Kobe Hudson is one of my highest-owned guys for the okay. runs that I've been playing around with. I have him and Baker like super close in targets. And the yeah. reason why is, and I haven't fully vetted this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but mid season, he didn't get a ton of targets. And I want to say that was back when Plumley was out. Yeah. Plumley yeah. was out. We have seen more recently, actually, they have equal targets in the last four. Yeah. I like both of them. There's, I have him literally at 16.2 and 16.3 points. Yeah, uh, favoring Hudson, and with the this, the cost savings, it's obviously going to have more Hudson. Yeah. Uh, but I still have Baker in the teens, um, which not surprising. I think uh, he's a good option. I don't want to play RJ Harvey with JRP. I think you probably yeah. have to stack JRP though. Um, yeah, I, I think so. His, his price is high enough. He uses those two enough, and 
it does seem like around the goal line, they're giving it more to Harvey than they are saying Plumlee score. Totally, yeah. So I, I think those are two options. Townsend, solid option, decent enough price. Uh, and they really do kind of favor just using three receivers for the most part. So if you're trying to find a, a cheaper option, I think that's a good way to go about it. Uh, let's talk. We've talked a little bit of Washington State already. Let's do it again. Yep. Intriguing options, targets galore for Kelly and Victor. Uh, Kyle Williams in the mix a little bit for me, but I am way more on Kelly and Victor in this yeah. one. Is that kind of the same thing for you? I think so. And I, I touched on a little bit when talking about Shalom Baker, like I feel like this Washington defense is going to um, be focused on not giving up the big plays. Um, and they're going to really focus on having Cam Ward consistently pick you apart uh, underneath and over the, over the middle. Um, Kelly and Victor are the guys who are going to feast in that situation. Kyle Williams, kind of the downfield threat. Um, I don't mind Williams, but you know I've always been a, uh, a Josh Kelly supporter, so I am am all in there. These past three weeks have been really uh, vindicating for me to see him uh, put up some good performances. Victor seems like the safest, um, but he also seems like he's got a little bit of a limited upside. Um, I feel like Kelly does have the biggest upside out of all three of them. Um, I, I, I've really loved the Washington state passing attack the past few weeks. So I'm definitely going to be rolling with them again this week. Um, who, uh, who's your favorite run back candidate on, uh, on the other side. And are you, I know you said you, you're probably out on Penix just from a cost prohibitive standpoint. Um, but what do you think about the, the Husky receivers? I think Odunzi is the guy. Yeah. He's the guy I would target. I think there's the least risk on him. For sure. Uh, because there's no worries or issues with McMillan, um, his health. Uh, they did lose a receiver to injury for the rest of the season. I forget which one. Is it Josh um, Jackson? I think so. Let's yeah. see here. I pulled up real quick. But I think if they did get a little, yeah, Josh Jackson, a little bit thinner, which is always good for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say exactly where McMillan is in terms of usage and snaps. Um, so I don't mind Polk as much, just a little bit, because I think if McMillan is out, then Polk is a potential for a huge game and you could yeah. be toast, right? But Rome is the guy I would specifically target. Um, what about you? Yeah, I definitely think Odunze is the safest option. I get this feeling that McMillan could have a big game but the health there is just hard um seeing the way that they've eased him back in um but i feel like you don't ease him back in unless you're going to use him at the uh the end of the year like this so well is, know, it, is it for this week though or is it for next week yeah and see that's the thing are, are they saving him for the conference championship week are they saving him for you know a potential playoff matchup i don't know um but i do I, I've got this this uh, uh, Jeremy Bernard um, option here at 4,100 that I, I really like with Giles Jackson being out. You know, if McMillan is saved at all in this matchup and they, they're not playing him at a, a high frequency, Bernard kind of becomes that 3B option um, in this passing attack and is totally, you know, they, they throw the ball enough to make that a, a lucrative spot. Um, so I am in on uh, Bernard. I'm in on Odunze this week. I think I might have a sprinkle of Polk and McMillan, 
Um, probably more McMillan than Polk, to be honest, because I, I do think that, you know, they want to try and get McMillan reincorporated. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a hard, uh, hard option there just with the injury uh, situation. Um, I will ask since we're here, uh, do you have any interest in playing uh, Jack Westover, uh, the tight end there? He's had some decent games uh, this year, but it's been kind of sporadic. I would, I'd have to hear that uh, McMillan is out for yeah. me to have some interest. Cause I do think Bernard benefits, but that's not like a one. I don't, you can't just put McMillan's usage on Polk and Polk's totally. on Bernard. So I think you'd have to kind of shift some of that to Westover. I think that makes complete sense. And he's, I think he's 3,800. So I yeah. think that puts another name in the mix. Yeah. Problem there would be that it's a late game, but you could probably get a little fancy and instead of going like, double stacking with like Odunze and McMillan or Polk or something. You could always maybe, I'm sure there's ways you can maneuver where you take the, the pricing from Polk, go down to Westover or something, and you can find a way to kind of get some variance. But the 4 PM game makes it a little bit more difficult. Cause I don't yeah. think there's any, that's the last game of the slate. Yeah. There's not another, th- uh, there's a ton of receivers, but not at that ton of receivers at the same price range, but I don't think you could benefit from Westover because I don't know if the, you're going to go with a 4K option yeah. in that last one. So what about, uh, I've talked about Bryson Barnes, Vale, Devon Vale has been awesome. Um, I mean, at 5K, he's definitely in play, right? Yeah, I think he's, he's uh, serviceable. I'm probably not going to play a ton of him. Um, just because I think that there are other guys in that price range that I uh, I like a little bit better. Um, but he is the de facto number one uh, at Utah. Um, I think he has some good options. Uh, I think Barnes has some good options outside of him with, you know, Mikey Matthews. And I think uh, Money Parks is uh, been kind of sporadic this season. But, you know, he, he steps up every now and then for a big play. Um it's been weird watching this offense without, you know, a, a big tight end to lean on. Um, but I, I think they do have the the guys outside to um, capitalize once again, capitalize on this Colorado uh, defense. Who do you, who do you like better in that price range at 5k? I don't know if there's, I mean, Kobe Hudson um, is a direct comparison. I would, I think they're very similar or very close in, in numbers. Who's, who am I missing? Who am I yeah, missing? Yeah. So, I do kind of consider Squirrel White in that press range at 5,700. Um, I think that uh, RJ Maryland is an interesting guy. I mean, I know going tight end uh, against a receiver is uh, risky, especially when you've got, you know, Valet who's getting much more opportunity than RJ Maryland. But Maryland seems like a lock for a touchdown a game. Um, so I, I don't hate him. Uh, Xavier Townsend uh, also in that area. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I'm probably overthinking it with Valet, um, but I think that that it, particularly if you can get up to Squirrel or Rashad Owens, um, Anaya Smith, even at 5,500, I'm probably going to go that way than, than playing him. Yeah, my thought is just I'm pretty much locking in eight to 10 targets against Colorado that at a yeah. 5k. I mean, the touchdown totally equity valid, yeah. era, that's totally fair, but I mean, he's had some big games more recently. So uh, I will say I like squirrel. I wouldn't, 
I think I would take Vale over Vale or Vale over um, Townsend over Maryland's. You know, just the volume is not there for yeah. honestly either of those two. Yeah. Uh, but I think Squirrel presents an interesting uh, pivot, right? I think 700, that's a little bit much, but I, yeah. putting him in the same range for sure. I wouldn't mind Squirrel. I mean, he's getting crazy targets. And like I said earlier, I think he's been really more of the benefit, uh, benefited the most from the, the Thornton injury. Keaton uh, sure. kind of is disappearing a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, so he's yeah. the ball I definitely want the most of. Maybe we see some of that flash. I mean, this is the type of matchup that he should feast on, theoretically. Yeah. Kind of touching on Tennessee receivers again. Keaton, I get way too much of him at 4,300. I'll personally yeah. dock that one. What about Nimrod, though, at 3,500? Yeah, I really like that uh, that option. You know, he has had a few games. Really, they've they've kind of been out of it when he's had some bigger games, with the exception of uh, his performance against AM. Um, that was a close game where he was uh, relied upon decently there. Um, you know, 3,500, you can do a lot worse than a guy who should, I think, get, you know, four or five targets in that game. Okay. Yeah, I like him. I think the price fits better. Uh, fits well and hence why why he's projected the way he is although yeah. there's definitely some risk I, he's probably the riskiest of the cheap options um like troy amire or amir man i'm gonna butcher that one i apologize 3600 i think i consider him safer but i'm curious i don't think his upside's the same is that kind of the same kind of thought process you have with a guy like him or i think so at least from a, like a production standpoint there's a possibility with Amiri that he is uh, just peppered with targets because Arizona is running away with it and Arizona State has to throw. Um, so I think that there's there's a potential, you know, on DraftKings getting the, the points per reception um, that he is a decent option. Um, but I would still probably lean Nimrod. Um, I think he's got the better potential for uh, explosive plays. Um, and I think that he has the matchup that I would prefer to target, um, where he, you know, should, uh, have an opportunity to showcase his athleticism this week. Okay. Let's touch on a couple more cheap guys. And I think we need to circle back to one or two expensive guys. Yeah. Uh, tight end Jalen Conyers, who Mr. Do it all three or four passes a game, yep. three or four runs a game, three or four targets a game, uh, interesting game script because they'll be playing from behind yeah i mean is he and he's in the player pool right i mean he's a tight end and he's cheap right I mean, he's gotta I be think so yeah him and, and isaac rex are the tight ends in that area that i'm uh i've got my my eyes open on um i think that they're interesting options um conyers you know i feel this is a game that uh, Arizona State's going to be searching for athleticism and guys who are able to uh, help give them some leverage uh, in a game that they are severely outgunned. Um, so I feel like Conyers getting him the ball and being creative in the ways that they get him the ball um, could be a big part of their game plan this week. Um, and so anytime you get manufactured touches at a 3,900 price point, um, that's obviously going to be something I'm in on. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point with Arizona State. You know, it, it feels like they're going to do the old, I think maybe they've shown their hand too much, to be honest. Yeah. Right? But there's a shot Rashada is back, I, which I think improves the offense. For sure. Um, 
but I also think like, right. If, if, if it's Borgette, I think they have to keep having yeah. these different guys throw passes and play wildcat and thing like that. So yeah. uh, I think, I think I'd probably prefer Borgette at quarterback than Rashada. Cause I think it almost locks in that extra usage. That's fair. Um, let's pivot though. Expensive or which yeah. one do you like more? You like Jaden? I'm sorry, Jaden Daniels, number one receiver, Malik <laughs> Neighbors, or do you like Marvin Harrison Jr. more? A little bit of a cost um, savings with MHJ, but yeah, I mean Neighbors has been an absolutely insane. Yeah, I think you've got to go Neighbors in that situation. Um, it's kind of similar to Jaden versus uh, Penix. Um, I think there's a legitimate chance that Marvin Harrison Jr is held under 12 points this week uh, at Michigan. I think that they have um, a great defense to lock him down and to um, give them fits. It's going, I mean, you have to assume that he's going to get, you know, 12, 13 targets in this game. Like, I feel like they have to just rely on him. He's the only... The only opportunity for them to get any relief in the box is to... um, you know, exploit him downfield. Um, so I, I, I don't love it. You know, I don't think neighbors necessarily is going to have that kind of volume in, in targets uh, just because Brian Thomas has been so um, capable and so competent uh, already this year. Um, but I think that neighbors just presents a much better upside and I'm more, well, I think they probably have the same upside, but I think Neighbors just hits it so much more frequently than Harrison. Uh, if you're running this, this this slate 100 times, I think Neighbors comes out on top probably, I don't know, 65 of them. I think that's, that's probably fair. I think uh, the savings is probably not enough. Yeah. Neighbors has been incredible. I like MHJ in a sense, just generally speaking, because I think, ownership will be off of them but i have a counterpoint question to your counter question to your thought if if marvin harrison goes for less than 12 points yeah ohio state can't win right you can't win with less than 12 fantasy points from msj i'm saying i'm saying the buckeyes by the way not your lineup yeah i think they can and it 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 fully revolves around travion henderson um in the scenario which in which he you know comes in under 12 i think they're peppering him with targets you know uh mecca buka shows up in a game and takes you know an underneath pass like a, a wide receiver screen is able to do something with that take it to the house um i think the winner of this game needs 28 20 27 28 points yeah um and I think that there's a path where Henderson or one of the other running backs runs for a touchdown. Henderson catches a touchdown. Agbuka catches a touchdown. And Harrison Jr. is just quiet. Now, I don't think that's the expected outcome by any means. Um, but I do think that there's a path for them to, to, to win while still uh, seeing Harrison shut down. It drastically reduces their chances, though. <laughs> Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, just last week he went for 12, three for 30 and a touchdown. Yeah. It's conceivable. It's certainly the realm of possibilities, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I would take me personally as a Michigan fan, I would take my chances. You said, hey, he's going to have 11 fantasy points. I'd say 
Michigan minus three all day, but oh, totally. Uh, all right, similar to that Notre Dame game, though. I mean, you yeah, look back at, at his usage there. I think Michigan's defense is probably more like the Notre Dame defense than against Penn, Penn State's defense. That's just gotcha. my my take. Gotcha. All right, so age old question plus uh, a bonus question. So, are we utilizing both quarterbacks or two quarterbacks in our every lineup? this week or are we kind of given some flexibility there uh in my 20 lineups i will have 22 quarterback lineups so. you have 40 quarterbacks to use. i think you almost have to i think there's just so much value that is just For like sure. i can get neighbors in a lineup with daniels and and still use another quarterback right like so it's not that hard to do it right you'd have to yeah. the only negative is you're probably going to get a more dupes with like aiden robbins at running back and like a, maybe a high owns super cheap receiver but i think it's the realm of options is just so large here that you can do pretty much whatever you want yeah pick a pick an upset non-fancy related pick if you had to gun to your head there's one upset and you have to pick it and don't pick like michigan against ohio state that spreads too tight <laughs> uh washington state uh beating washington i like that one I like that one. Oh man, I didn't prep enough for this one, and I was the one that led with it. <laughs> I will go with the. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say Florida. That's cheap. I think. I kind of think Oregon State could take down Oregon. I think that's interesting too. I the the three kind of games that I fear the most on rivalry week are all well two Pac-12 teams and then an SEC matchup. It's the Oregon State. Oregon, the Civil War. It's the Apple Cup with Washington State and Washington. And it's the Egg Bowl with Mississippi, Mississippi State. I feel like all three of those games are just chaos filled and they never play out exactly how we expect them to. So I expect I expect at least one of those games to give us one of the the upsets this week. Yeah, I, that's a great call out with the Egg Bowl. And it's on Thanksgiving. There yeah. for the longest time it included the wackiest, coolest coach, Mike Leach. Totally. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think Oregon state, man, they just, I think they, I don't know. I saw something that like their defense doesn't match up with Oregon's offense, but like, I think that's the case for any defense. Yeah. Uh, but I think Oregon state could control the ball and they have some solid offensive pieces, obviously Damon Martinez. So that's why I like them. You kind of mentioned it. I kind of was, I wasn't surprised with your Washington state pick. They certainly have the guns for it, right? They're coming off a huge game. They gotta be feeling good. And, they have all the all the motivation in the world, right? Between trying to be bowl eligible and you get to to get rid of uh, your rivals' playoff yep. hopes potentially. So, good call out, but awesome. Well, we will be doing. I don't know. We'll figure out a time to do a, a video or two for some bowl games. Find some yeah. bunches and get it in there. We will not be doing anything for Army Navy. I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk about those two. <laughs> We can uh, we can do a, a tight a tight forty five on Army Navy, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've enjoyed doing this with you, Ethan, all season. We got a couple mm-hmm. more to go. We're grinding it out. We're finishing strong. Hope everybody enjoyed the the show this season as well as today and the next couple ones that are coming up. Enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Uh, and of course, just enjoy the games and, and win some money. Thanks, guys. <laughs>